Thank you for listening to this recent message from the Rescue Church. We pray that God will use this message to encourage, challenge, and inspire you in your faith journey. If you'd like to learn more about the Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com. Well, hello, Rescue Church. I want to say almost Happy New Year to each and every one of you. Welcome to all of our different locations. For those of you that are watching online, we're so glad to have you with us today. I hope you had a great Christmas this past week with your families and friends, and and I hope you're looking forward to a brand new year as we start it off tomorrow, Monday, January 1st, 2018. I don't know about you, but I love this time of year, minus the weather. I'm not talking about the snow and the cold. That sucks. I'm talking about the fresh start of a brand new year. This is the time of year. It's kind of that time on the calendar when people are talking about what. What do we do in a new year? We set some New Year's resolutions, right? And uh, by the way, I'm not a big fan of like New Year's resolutions. I, I like something a little better called goals, written goals. I'm a huge fan of putting some goals in writing and then looking at that and going, okay, if that's the goal, what steps do I need to take to get there? And actually write some of that out and think about some of that. We do that this time of a year though. Like we we think about, man, in in the next year, I want to set some goals in my physical fitness. That's a big one. I've got some work to do there. Our finances, you know, maybe some relationship goals money stuff, right? Like we, we set goals for the new year or resolutions. And I love that. By the way, I'm just going to get up on a soapbox here for just a minute. I got to preach for a second uh, because there are some people who speak about that as if it's a bad thing. Um, and, and we try to spiritualize it sometimes. Sometimes I've heard Christians say like, well, I don't think we should set goals. I think we should just be content where we're at. And yes, contentment is great, like contentment is a good thing, but being content, you can be content and still desire for a better life and for growth, okay? Um, What if, by the way, like what if I were to come to you either as the pastor of the Rescue Church, speaking corporately, or even just speaking of my own life, what if I came at it from this angle and said, hey, guess what, Rescue Church, in 2018, I don't want to do anything better than we did last year. Exactly what we did last year, I want to stay there. Or in my own life, like, guess what? I don't want to have a better marriage in 2018. I want as good as it was in 2017, that's all the better I want it to be. Or in my financial life, I don't want to, my finances to improve at all in 2018. I want them to stay exactly like they are. I don't like the idea of them getting better. Look, I just have a problem with that. I think that God created us for growth. I think God created us to have a life that's lived on purpose, intentionally and abundantly. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I think it is a God-given thing inside of us that desires to reach out for better things and to grow. All right, so I'm a huge fan of setting goals, and if you're someone that never sets goals, I I feel sorry for you. I I think that you need to to really consider looking at your life and going, how how could I set some goals to get to a better place? I just am a firm believer in that. Okay, I'll get off that soapbox. Most people desire to have a little bit better life this year than I had had last year. Okay, so I'm just going to assume most of us are there. And so as good as it is to look at the new year and set some goals in our physical fitness or financial goals or family planning, whatever, like that's great, okay? Out today, I want to talk about 
setting a goal for an area of your life that will be one of the healthiest, most important, should be one of the greatest priorities in our life. And and I want to talk today. I'm going to challenge our church in 2018 to get into God's Word every single day to develop that discipline in in our lives. More specifically, I'm going to challenge our church in 2018 as a church family to read through the entire Word of God together. I'm going to ask a question. I thought about making you raise your hand, but I won't make you raise your hand. But here's my question. How many of you have ever read the Bible cover to cover? How many of you ever done that? Some in our church have, uh, but you realize many people haven't. Many Christians who say they believe in God and believe in his Bible, that that the Bible is God's word, they don't even know fully what the Bible says because they've never really read it for themselves. This this past week, I I heard a a conversation, I overheard, I was kind of eavesdropping on a conversation about a guy talking about how he left one of his former churches because he was so tired of hearing them talk about money all the time. They always wanted money and was so tired of hearing about them taking an offering. And and then, so he went to another church and they were having a debate about that this church actually had the audacity to share what the Bible says about God's will for human sexuality and it didn't line up with his beliefs and his thoughts and so he left that church and I I found it funny I overheard him saying like I just want to go to a church where they preach the word of God and I can just hear the word of God and I thought to myself you don't want to hear the word of God you want to go to a church that tells you what you want to hear but you have an issue with the churches that are preaching the word of God what's my point my point is how can you say you believe the Bible is the word of God if you've never even read the Bible i got to point this out. We live in a day and age where never before in human history has the Bible been so available to people as it is right now in this day and age. Do you realize there, there are people in history past that they could never have even imagined having multiple Bibles in their home, multiple translations of the Bible on bookshelves, on coffee tables in their home. They they could not have even begun to imagine having the, the websites and the apps on our phones where we can access the Word of God. Never before in human history has the Word of God been so available as it is right now. And yet, and yet, and yet, I would contend never before have we as a people been so biblically illiterate The Bible is so available, and yet we are so unaware of what God's Word says. And I'm talking about Christians. I'm not talking about people who don't claim to believe in God and and follow Jesus. I'm talking about people who say they know and love God and want to follow Him are so illiterate when it comes to having a knowledge of what the Bible says and what it teaches. I'd love to change that in our church. In 2018, I would love for the Rescue Church to become men and women of the book of the Word of God. And so here's what I'm going to do in my message today. This is going to be more of a teaching rather than a preaching. Um, I'll probably get a little preachy at certain points along the way. But here's what I want to do. I want to outline 10 reasons why you and I need to be in the Word of God. Okay, I'm going to give 10 reasons why the Word of God is beneficial for our lives. And then I'm going to kind of share at the end how you can join the rest of our church in kicking off this journey tomorrow January 1st, 2018, to read through the entire Bible 
in 2018. Are you ready? If you've got your handouts, I've got a lot for you to write down this week, okay? So get your handouts, get a pen, get ready to write. And I'm going to try and go through these fairly quickly, but we may stop along the way and have a few conversations about some stuff. All right, the top 10 benefits. I don't know if it's a top 10 benefits, but it is 10 benefits of being in the Word of God. Number one, the Word of God is inspired by God and will equip me to live how He wants me to live. The Word of God is inspired by God. It is God's Word. Uh, here's what 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17 say. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful. Underline that word useful if you've got your Bibles open. It's practical. It's useful. It's helpful. What is it helpful for? For teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness or right living so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. When I open the Bible, I am holding in my hand the Word of God, and it is useful to teach and correct and rebuke and show me how to live, equip me for righteous living. Number two, God's Word is the primary way God speaks His will into my life. I believe God can speak into our lives in many ways. Throughout the Bible, we see him speaking to people through angels, through donkeys, through dreams and visions. Uh, you know, God can speak to our lives, into our lives through other people. There, there's, there's circumstances and opportunities where we can kind of begin to see God's will. But I'm telling you, the Bible is the primary way that God shows us what he wants from us and how to live. Um, Psalm 119, 105, the psalmist says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. God's word will illuminate our life. It, God will speak to us. He will show himself to us through his word. So how does that work to be illiterate of his word, to not know what his word says when that's the primary way he speaks to us? Just like that guy I mentioned earlier, I can't tell you how frustrated I get as a pastor when I hear people talking about, oh, God told me to do this or that, and I could take them right to the scripture and show them God did not tell you this or that. As a matter of fact, in his word, he said the complete opposite, and, and he doesn't contradict himself. So the Bible will speak. It is the clearest way God reveals himself to us and reveals his will for our lives. Number three. The Word of God will help me grow in my knowledge of the truth. This is important because we live in a culture that says we can't know the truth. There is no truth. Truth is relative. What's true for you may not be true for me. That's a ridiculous statement, by the way. And by the way, people who say well, it's true for me and not for you, what they don't realize is that they're making a declaration of truth. They're making an absolute statement. So it's, it's a self-defeating statement, and yet it's what our culture embraces, that you really can't know the truth. There is no such thing as truth. Well, the, the Bible says the exact opposite. Jesus, in John 17, 17, this is him praying the night that he was arrested, right before he was crucified. He's praying for his disciples, and he says these words, sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. The word of God is our source of truth. Um, Psalm 33, 4 says, for the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. You can know the truth. And God's word is, is where we find truth. 
God's word is where we filter. That is the lens through which we filter all of the messages of the world around us. Is this true or is this not true? Does it align with God's word or does it not? So again, how can I know the truth if I'm not in the truth, if I'm not in God's word? This next one goes hand in hand. Number four, being in the word of God is one mark of a true follower of Jesus, and it's the key to freedom. Jesus said this in John 8, 31, 32. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Notice that connection of being a follower of him. You're in his word. He said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I'm speaking to people today, quite likely, who are living in bondage in certain areas of their life. And the word of God is the key to setting you free. If you would listen and obey and respond to God's word, he has spoken to those areas where you're being held fast in bondage to sin and addiction. And the word of God has the power to bring truth into your life and set you free from the lies that you're believing that are keeping you in that place of bondage. It's the source of freedom. Number five, the word of God will help me grow in wisdom and understanding. Have you ever met someone in your life that's just full of wisdom? They're just wise. There's a difference, by the way, between being wise and having a bunch of head knowledge. Knowledge is where I know some stuff. I know a lot of facts about things. But wisdom is the ability to take that knowledge and apply it to my life. There's all kinds of smart people that do stupid things. Wisdom is not just being smart. Wisdom is being able to take knowledge and apply it appropriately to my life to where it causes me to make wise decisions. So listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm 119. I'm going to start reading in verse 97. Oh, how I love your commands. or Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. And then down in verse 104, he says, I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. The more we spend time in God's word, the more we grow in wisdom. I've, I've known men and women in my life over the years, men who have shaped me, women who have spoken into my life and shaped me spiritually and, and helped me grow. They're so full of wisdom. One of the common denominators in their lives is they are men and women of the book. They know God's word. And God's word helps us grow in wisdom, helps us make wise decisions. Number six, the word of God is my primary source for spiritual nourishment. In Matthew chapter 4, there was a, a, an account of Jesus being tempted right at the beginning of his earthly ministry. He was tempted in the wilderness. He's been fasting for 40 days, and the enemy, the devil, comes along to tempt him, to try to get him to sin. And, and there's, it's an interesting thing where Jesus responds with Scripture, and every time uh, that he's tempted, he gives the Word of God as a defense as a way to fight off the temptation. But check it out what he says about the word of God. In Matthew 4, verse 4, Jesus answered and said, It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
The Word of God is our primary source of spiritual nourishment. Now, check this out. If, if all you do is read the Bible, but you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, um, you're just going to be an educated, a biblically educated heathen, okay? Someone who doesn't know Christ. That, that, uh, what I'm not saying is that all you need to do is read the Bible, that all your spiritual nourishment will come from that. Because the truth is that, uh, that we get nourished spiritually in a lot of ways, through our relationship with Christ, through our relationship with others in the body of Christ. But I will say this, I believe being in the Word of God is one of the primary, it is like the, the baseline food, if you will, of our spiritual nourishment. It is like what everything else is built around. Let me just use the physical world as an example. If today someone walked into our church and and told us, listen, I have not eaten in seven days, we would view that as an emergency. We would be like, we've got to get you food right now. You're, You're in a dangerous place. You've had no food for seven days. You're malnourished. And yet, spiritually speaking, we have people walk into our church every single week that have gone for seven days, 14 days, a month, two months, without being nourished in the Word of God. Spiritually, they're like anorexics. They they do not get nourished. They forego the nourishment that comes through the feeding of God's Word. And and Jesus said, listen, it's more than just physical bread that feeds me. I have bread. It's, It's the Word of God. It's that spiritual nourishment. I wonder if I'm speaking to anybody who is spiritually malnourished today because you are not in this healthy discipline, this healthy habit of being in the Word of God for yourself. It's the primary source of our spiritual nourishment, and it's so important. Number seven, here's another benefit of being in God's Word. The Word of God will help me overcome temptation and protect me from sin. Here's here's what uh, the psalmist says in Psalm 119.11, I have hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's amazing to me how often in my life, at moments of temptation, the Word of God comes to me. Just a verse, a thought, a remembrance of something in Scripture comes to me at a moment of temptation. And it's like God is like right there speaking, hey, uh, warning, see this for what it really is. See this temptation for the trap that it really is. Think about the cost of what you're going to have to pay if you give in to that temptation. And that's the power of memorizing Scripture and putting it into my heart. The Spirit of God will quicken that. It means He will bring that to our memory at the right moment when we need it. But if we're spiritually malnourished, there's not a lot to bring to our memory because we haven't been putting it away in our heart. And so we're left vulnerable when the attack comes, when the temptation comes. This next one goes hand in hand. Number eight, the Word of God is a powerful offensive weapon that I can use in spiritual warfare. In Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul is talking about uh, the, the, the armor that we have available to us as Christ followers, spiritual armor. And, and it's not something physically that we put on every day. It's in the spiritual realm. Listen to what it has to say about the Bible. It says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Paul compares the Word of God to a sword, an offensive weapon that's powerful. 
This is not some little toy sword that you buy at the store, this little foam sword that isn't going to hurt anybody. The Word of God is a powerful sword. The writer of Hebrews says this, very similar. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The Word of God is different from any other book in human history. Why? Because it's inspired by God. And it's powerful. And God will use it in so many ways in our lives and in the lives of others. And we literally can use this as an offensive weapon. I mentioned that story in Matthew 4 about Jesus when he was being tempted in the wilderness. Every time the devil tempted Jesus, what did he do? He took out the sword of the Spirit. He quoted Scripture. Scripture that he had memorized and committed to memory. And he used that to fight off the enemy. And the Word of God is powerful like that. The promises of God are powerful. And they're there for our own protection. They're there for our own offensive weapon. Not against people, not to offend people, but in the spiritual realm. This is powerful stuff. And again, these are, when, I, when I meet Christians that are so apathetic about being in God's Word and knowing God's Word, it's like you are missing out on so much blessing in your life. You have no idea how weak and vulnerable you are when you're not in the Word of God. Number nine, being in the Word of God is one key to a successful life. Listen to what God said to Joshua in in Joshua 1, verse 8. Study this book of instruction continually. That sounds like a daily thing to me. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. I believe when you look at the life of someone successful, I'm speaking spiritually, you're going to see that as a common denominator in their life. They're in God's Word. They know the Word of God. And just look at all the things on the list above that I've given you. It's, it's inspired by God. It's practical. It's useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking. It's how God feeds us. It's how God reveals His will to my life. It's how He guides my path. It's how he keeps me from falling into sin. It's it's something available for my protection as a spiritual offensive weapon. Like there's so, it gives me wisdom and understanding. Like all of that is going to help me have success in life. And that's what we're seeing in Joshua 1.8. Stay in this word. Stay in this book and obey what's written in it. And you'll have success. God will bless your life as we follow what his word says. But when we just are so apathetic and just have this total indifference to investing time in the Word of God, we miss out on all of that stuff. Finally, number 10, being in the Word of God is the key to answered prayer. Let's look what Jesus said in John 15, 7. He said, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. I'll just make a quick confession here. I, sometimes I struggle with those promises in the Bible about answered prayer because sometimes I feel like I'm following all of that and, and I still don't see my prayers answered the way I asked them. 
So I'm just confessing that honestly before you. I, I don't fully know how to reconcile all of that, and yet I continue to trust and believe that my Father who knows what's best for me will answer my prayers in his way, in his time, for my best interest. Because he's the good, perfect father. He knows way more than I do. But I will still say, here's what Jesus is telling us is this. If we pray, if we're in God's word, when we pray, I think what he's saying is you're going to know how to pray correctly. You're going to know how to pray according to God's will. And then your prayers will be answered. I've heard people talk about the power of praying with an open Bible. And what they mean by that is that when we pray, sometimes it's a great idea to pray Scripture right back to the Lord, to use what's been written in His Word as our prayers. Or I've heard people say it this way, where we can sometimes call God to the remembrance of His Word. Where essentially we open Scripture and we say, God, look, right here you've said... And I'm claiming this promise today. I'm praying according to your will. And, and Jesus said that's the power to seeing prayers answered in your life. How can you pray according to the will of God if you don't know the will of God? How, how can you pray according to God's word if you don't know God's word? So again, being in the word of God is, is a key to seeing God answer prayers in our life. You know, there's probably many more benefits that I could share with you this morning that being in God's Word will, will give us and do for us. But I hope as you look over that list of ten things, I hope we can all agree that's valuable stuff right there. Like, these are some things that I should add to my life. This is a big deal. And, and here's a question I just want to throw out there for you, and this is really more for Christ followers, for, for those who would call themselves Christians, but do you desire to, to live a life that matters? Don't blow past that. Just let that sink in for a minute. Do you desire to live a life that counts for something beyond just this life? Like, do you desire someday in eternity to hear God speak over your life, well done, good and faithful servant, I worked in and through your life to touch the lives of all kinds of people and to use you in a way that will make a difference where it really counts in eternity. I don't know too many Christians that would say, nah, I don't care about that. That doesn't sound too interesting to me. My challenge to you is this. I believe with all my heart, anywhere you see God powerfully working in someone's life, I think as we look back throughout history, into bi biblical history, the people who God used in a powerful way are people that had this one common denominator. They were men and women who had this daily habit of being in God's Word. I just believe it's, it is so important. It ought to be one of the highest priorities in our lives. If we've never read through the Bible, that ought to be a goal. Let's read through the Bible together in 2018. If this is not a regular part of our life, I'm not here to beat up on you and make you leave feeling, oh, I'm a terrible Christian. I'm here to invite you to join a bunch of us in the church family to read through the Bible this year. Well, how are we going to do that? I, I want to challenge you today to take three steps, all right? And if you see on your handouts, uh, just follow along with me. Here they are. The first one is this. I just want to challenge you to make a commitment to the Lord today. And as a matter of fact, I kind of spelled out just a little prayer. I'm going to read it for us. Um, but I would challenge you in your quiet time, just say this prayer to the Lord or communicate this thought to the Lord. Here, here's what I wrote. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving me your word. I realize the importance and necessity of being in your word and the value that it brings to my life. 
I am committing myself to you today to make personal Bible reading a daily part of my life in 2018. With your help, I will read through the entire Bible this year. I know I won't do it perfectly, but I'm asking you to give me the strength and the grace to keep at it until daily time spent in your word becomes a healthy habit in my life. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm challenging you to make that prayer your prayer, your own personal commitment to the Lord. Okay? So let's commit. God, with your help, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this goal mine. I'm going to own it and make this my goal in 2018. And God, with your help, I'm going to read through the entire Bible. And I'm going to learn how to just make this a normal, healthy discipline in my daily routine. Time in God's Word. All right, so then number two, got to get ready. And we're starting this tomorrow on January 1st. So you got to take action today. Okay, here it is. There, we are, as a church, we're going to go through a Bible reading plan that's produced by the Version Bible app. It's called Let's Read the Bible Together. And uh, I've given you the link on the handouts. You can either go right to the app and download it onto your smartphone. If you don't have a smartphone, you can go to the website uh, and, and get it there. For those of you that may not have access to the internet or you don't really like the idea of having it on your phone and reading the Bible that way, in all of our locations today... We've got the month of January printed off, the daily scripture reading that's a part of this plan. And so I would encourage you, whether you're doing it through the technology or whether you're going old school, you're going to grab the little piece of paper and tuck it in your Bible, get ready because tomorrow on January 1st, we are going to start reading the Bible every single day as a church family in following that plan. And here's how this plan works. It's broken up into 12 months. So every single month, we're going to be reminding you, hey, it's January's done. It's February. You need to download the February reading plan. And we're going to do this. We haven't totally figured out what this looks like, but we're going to give kind of little rewards along the way for those. It's, it's totally going to be the honor system. But in a month from now, at the end of January, we're going to say, hey, who all read through the Bible uh, reading plan for January? And whoever raised their hand, we're thinking, you know, small gift like an all-expense-paid trip to Disney World or something reasonable like that for everybody who made it through. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we might have to work on that uh, little detail. But we're going to keep this in front of our church family every single week of 2018. Something else we're going to do that you can expect to see starting next Sunday is we're going to have uh, every week in as part of our worship service just a quick little video from you guys, from the people of our church, sharing what they got out of their Bible reading this past week. And so like as you start this plan, if there's a morning where God just really says something to you or speaks powerfully into your life and you want to share it, we're going to encourage you just make a little video on your smartphone, you know, two minutes, three minutes long. Every single Sunday in 2018, we're going to share a video from someone in one of our campuses of the Rescue Church just saying, this is how God spoke to me through his word in my life this past week. So every single Sunday, we're going to keep this in front of our church family. We're, we're hoping to do this as a community. So let's, let's do it. Like take action on this today. This second step here is not just something to nod your head and go, that sounds like something I should think about. No, you should do it today. Get the app on your phone, get signed up for the plan, and let's make it happen. And then step three, are you ready for this? Step three is just do it. Get in the Word of God starting tomorrow, January 1st, 2018. And here's the thing, church. Here's my prayer. 
Why are we doing this? Is, is it because good Christians read the Bible and can check that box every day and say, I read the Bible today, I'm a good Christian? No. My prayer, my heart's desire for this church is that all of those benefits that we just listed, that you would actually be experiencing those in your life every single day. And that we would be a, a group of followers of Jesus, a gathering of Christ's followers who are growing every single day, every single month, every single year. We're growing in our knowledge of God, His Word, and in our relationship with Him and with one another. I think God's going to do some powerful things in this church in 2018 as we together read through the Bible. It's going to be a great journey. So this is the time. If you're here today, you're getting in on the ground level. It's a great opportunity to just say, I'm, I'm going to start this. And I'm going to, with a bunch of others in my church this year, I'm going to make this thing happen. And it's going to be awesome. Let me, let me pray for us and just ask God to bless this effort in 2018. And I would say this every single week. I would, I, I would miss this opportunity if I didn't take it right now to say, hey, listen, if you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, and if you want to know more about what that means and what that looks like, I would challenge you, come talk to me. If you're here in the Flander campus, talk to your campus pastor or one of our volunteers or online. We've got people in our chat rooms there, the hosts that would be willing to, to visit with you about how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me ask God's blessing over our church in 2018 and specifically over this initiative to read through the Bible together. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the new year that is upon us tomorrow. Just a time for a fresh start. Lord, I thank you that you are a God of second and third and fourth and fifth chances. And you are the God of the clean slate. And tomorrow we start a brand new year and we can... Forget about the things behind us, the mistakes that are in our past, the problems that are back there. Lord, you can help us have a new start. And Lord, tomorrow as, as we begin, as a church family, as we embark on this journey of reading through Scripture together, I just pray your blessing over these people. Lord, help us to stick together through this. Help us to really accomplish this, to come to the end of 2018 and to see a whole bunch of people celebrating. I never read through the Bible in my life, and I did it this year. I had never really gotten into that habit, that daily discipline of having God speak into my life through a healthy, quiet time. But I got it this year. I learned how to do that. Lord, I would just pray for that level of growth in the life of our church. I know you're going to do great things in the lives of our people if they make this investment into your word every single day. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today watching this message that has never received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that you would give them the conviction and the courage to take a step towards you today. Help them to find us and seek us out if there's anything that we can do to help them understand what it means to call upon the name of Jesus for salvation. We're looking forward to great things this year, Jesus, as you lead us into 2018. I pray your richest blessing over our church. It's in your precious and holy name we pray these things. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Rescue Church Cast Messages. To hear our messages live, head to one of our physical campuses or check out our iCampus at therescuechurch.tv every Sunday at 10 a.m.